0: This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Jerem Jordan and Jason Shepard.
1: What's up, everybody? BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play right here in Studio B, presented as always by the BYU Store, official outfitter, BYU fans everywhere today is Tuesday December 29th wrapping up the month of December wherever and however you're connected great to have you with us thanks for tuning in my name is Jason Shepard teamed up with a guy who brings ramen and PB&J over with him when he's invited to dinner he is Jerem Jordan
2: we'll come out this Sunday one tidbit Isaac Rex's mother told me Zach would show up at their house with top ramen a loaf of bread peanut butter and gas station food because they didn't want to be a burden on their family's food bill. Now, this is while Zach would be in Southern California on the famous uh, 10-hour drives to Southern California, with John Beck joked more like eight because Zach goes so fast. Um, yeah, that, that'd that be interesting. The, the Rexes aren't suffering, um, so it would have been fine, I think. But uh, Zach, uh, we're going to dig into his character a little bit and the tweet that has made the rounds uh, about Kinda of, kinda of slandering him uh a little bit. Let, let's talk about what's true, what's not with that. But uh yeah, a little PB and J and Robin never never hurt anybody. Never hurt anybody. By by the way, what do you think
1: is considered uh gas station food? Are we talking like those deep fried burritos, maybe a hot dog off the rack? Is that what we're thinking of?
2: <laughs> yeah, an elite <laughs> athlete like Zach Wilson's <laughs> buying that. Uh infested food. No. Uh you're talking chips, you're talking soda, you're talking uh beef you know, jerky. Sugar you can't jam. go wrong with beef jerky. I only really get beef jerky when I'm on the road. So, uh, planning on doing that maybe later today, driving to Vegas. I'll be live from Vegas tomorrow. So, uh, but what happens there stays there. So, uh, (laughs) anyway. All right. Well, uh, how about we get to uh, today's show lineup? As you mentioned, Zach
1: Wilson's character has come under attack recently. What do we make of it? We'll discuss that coming up in just a second. Blaine Fowler drops by to talk BYU football and BYU basketball. And speaking of basketball, women's hoop superstar Shaylee Gonzalez joins the program. What's the hottest temperature that she has ever felt while growing up in the Valley of the Sun. And a top 10 Tuesday. We're ramping it up. Normally, oh, it's yeah. a top five. We're like, no, 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 no. Five's not going to hold it. We're going top 10 Tuesday for BYU football. How about that? But first, let's bring on today's BYU Sports Nation
2: headlines. How about four football notes in one here? Pro Football Focus presents... Zach Wilson of the Jets with the second overall pick in its latest mock draft this morning. They've held firm on that kind of second pick for Zach to the Jets for a, a week or two now. BYU junior left tackle Brady Christensen named to the AP first team All-American list. We mentioned this yesterday, but added note, Yoy's first uh, AP first teamer since Luke Staley in 01. We thought it might be Dennis Pitt in 09. Of course, Dennis wasn't good enough for that. This morning, the Sporting News put Christensen on its All-American second team, giving him his seventh All-American award of the postseason. That's pretty cool. Note three, kicker Jake Goldroyd, a third-teamer, APL American, pretty cool. Oldroyd's one of three finalists for the Lou Groza Award given to the nation's top kicker. More on that coming up later. And Mason Wake uh, was named one of the five finalists for the Loman Trophy Award given to the nation's top fullback by Pardon My Take podcast and Barstool Sports. So who knew that Mason Wake was up for one, too?
1: By the way, did they just take Pardon the Interruption and first take and just combine it into a podcast name? Is that essentially what they've just done?
2: Hey, it's wor- it's working
1: for them. <laughs> it's where hey, and they're giving props to BYU players. So we're 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 everyone's welcome. ESPN's Joe Lennardi drops BYU basketball from his most recent bracketology. How dare him? He what? now has the Cougars as the first team out. So on the other side of things, however, BYU listed as a seventh seed in Fox College Hoops bracketology. There's no exact science to this.
2: Ken Palm has BYU 66 Andy Katz is BYU 24 we talked about this yesterday more evidence no one knows what to do with BYU right now like where are they actually uh, we will discuss a little bit more coming up as well Jim Fredad scored 19 points for the Shanghai Sharks in China I'm told this is in the entire game not just one quarter against the Guangdong Southern Tigers Fredette also had 9 assists he passed the ball 8 rebounds and 3 steals in the win there was a part of the game where 2 defenders actually caged in Jim on in an inbound play it was really weird Yoli Childs will play for the G League team, the Erie Bayhawks. I know, Jason, you're a fan of them. An affiliate of the New Orleans Pelicans. Childs is still contracted with Washington Wizards. So this is kind of what we thought for Yoli. Fringe NBA player uh, could make a name in the G League and then get called up, and that's the hope for him. now.
1: yeah, the situation with that is the Wizards did not have a G League team that they were inviting to this. They're wizards. Just
2: make one. So so basically,
1: so they're loaning they loaned Yoli out to this to another team that is participating in this G League. Showcase. That's why Like playing summon with a the spell, spell or something. Come on. Yeah. Let's go. All right. Last headline, BYU women's hoops began WCC play with a 70-47 win over San Francisco yesterday. Shaylee Gonzalez led the way with 16 points, 6 assists, 6 rebounds, and 4 steals doing some work. Lauren Gustin picked up her fourth double-double of the year with 15 points and 17 boards, which, by the way, the 17 boards tied her career high. BYU hosts Santa Clara tomorrow 4 p.m. Eastern on the BYU TV app as well as BYU TV. All rise and shout. It's
0: time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation.
1: All right, last week, and I even hate to bring this up, mention his name, give him more pub because I kind of feel like that's what he wanted to begin with. Uh, Last week, a writer by the name of Charlie Campbell who is a senior draft analyst at WalterFootball.com, and let me answer that question, no, I've never heard of him either, Uh, put out a piece about Zach Wilson's draft prospects with the following quote from an unnamed NFC director of football operations. Here is the quote. Wilson has character concerns. Rich kid who is an entitled brat. Uncle owns JetBlue. Parents are a pain. Not a leader. Selfish. And he's a know-it-all. End quote. As you can imagine, that did not go over well in BYU circles. So, Jerem, what do you make of the questioning of Zach Wilson's character by an anonymous NFL scout and then the many that came to his defense immediately after?
2: There must needs be an opposition in all things, right? If Zach Wilson is projected as high as two, he's going to get picked at. And this is why he should leave now because he'll get picked at even more next year on the field, let alone off it. Okay. Let's break down what is said here. Okay. Rich kid. Yes. He's a rich kid entitled brat. I, I don't think so. I, I think maybe when he was younger, he had that perception, but now I think he has a really good attitude. All of my conversations with Zach, have been really productive, positive, efficient. I've learned a ton. He's very down to earth. We know he does a ton of service. Um, I, okay, I've been told by someone close to Zach that he really felt like he had to earn the job this year. He didn't feel like it was just his. And entitled Brat would say, no, nah, I'm, I'm QB1. I'm the guy. Like, why? I don't have to work that hard. I'll just be the guy. No, he felt like he had to beat out Baylor Romney and Jaron Hall. Uh, Uncle owns JetBlue. That's true. David Neeleman owns uh, JetBlue. I was about to say true blue, uh, and deep blue. <laughs> yeah. Parents deep blue.
1: Don't forget deep blue. Are,
2: yeah. Yeah. Parents are a pain. I wouldn't say that. Are they around? Are they, uh, are they involved heavily? Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Selfish. What evidence do we have that he's selfish? Um, I, I would say he's not, the kid was first offered by Weber state and Festus Sitaki when he was a freshman. And he told me he was over the moon. What would it, would a selfish kid be, uh, Uh, dismissive of a Weber state. No, he was ecstatic. He told me he didn't know he had to go to all these quarterback camps and have been doing this for years. He's really earned it. Okay. Know it all. What if he does know it all though, because he's prepared. I like, I'm kind of in that know it all category. I'm annoying that way. I get it, but he, he, he's prepared, right? Like he, he puts in the work film study to know it all. Does it come off like a punk? Okay. Sure. Does he look like a eighties high school villain? That's going to steal the lunch money. of it? Maybe, but you know what? You know, who else came off like a punk in BOA football history, Jim McMahon and Max Hall. And you know what they're defined by winning, passing efficiency. Awesome. Like I don't really care whether someone comes off um, like, like a punk, whatever. And then there will always be dissent. These comments are not entirely accurate And uh, let's say perhaps even a few years ago, let's say they were true. Who's to say they're true now, right? I I think Zach has evolved as a person quite a bit. And as a player, of course, I, he had a tremendous year. Um, And, and who's to say he isn't in a know-it-all, but he knows it all because he's prepared. I, so I, I think when we break this down, we find out that no, listen, it's, it's all good. And when, when did we know the kid was going to be legit, Jason? When he took two BYU cheerleaders to Promise freshman year. That's when we knew.
1: Yeah. See, okay, I have so many thoughts on this. I don't even know if we have time for all of the <laughs> thoughts that I have on this. So you brought up a, a couple of the things based off of the quote that, that are accurate. Yes, his family is is well off. His uncle owns – I Je- wish my family was. I, I think I think there were some some – this comes across to me – as somebody making generalizations based off of stereotypes. Well, because this is in his background, he has to be this. And I think Mm. that's a very dangerous thing when you're doing that. To me, this came across as a smear campaign. That's what this came across to me as. And I believe, based off of the response from BYU players, teammates, coaches, Media that immediately came to Zach's rescue. I feel like they viewed it that way as well. And and this is something that happened on the twenty-third of December. So this this happened several days ago. But it, Yeah, Merry it, Christmas. Yeah, come on. But but this this has stuck around over the weekend. And then this morning, you had Aaron Roderick, you know, the quarterback coach and the passing game coordinator come out with, with a couple of tweets. And he said, best quality of, of Zach is zero entitlement, respect teammates, coaches, and opponents, exhibits his respect for the game with a relentless work ethic, never feels like he's arrived, always wants to be coached, never defensive about criticism from coaches, teammates, or fans. And, and I, I think it goes on to say, uh, competed for the starting job deep into fall camp. He respected how well... Uh, Jaron Hall and Baylor Romney played in his absence in 2019, understood the importance of earning the job just like everyone else, embraced competition as an opportunity for our team to improve. And he finished with this, as all QBs have to re-earn the job every week, every day, every rep. He is always prepared. Film study beyond anything I have ever seen in a college player. I could keep going. Hashtag go koogs And that was a sentiment that was 100% across the board from everybody that chimed in after that. And I, I think that one thing that really stands out to me, Jerem, this is, this is one NFC director of operations. This, is, this was his comment. It was anonymous, of course. Usually when things are put out there, if there is truth behind them, you will have a lot of other people jumping on to confirm it, to put their spin on it. You're not hearing any of that. This is still the one thing, unless I've missed something, I have not seen anybody else, any other quote or anything come close to saying what that one anonymous NFC guy said. The only thing I have seen is people who would know. Look, in my own interaction with Zach Wilson, look, I've not hung out with Zach Wilson, but I've been around him enough in media situations and talking with him, whether it be on air or off air, I have never gotten that sense. He has always been nothing but gracious. This just seemed to me... Like, it was one person's opinion that was put out there to try and hurt Zach Wilson. That's what it came across to me like.
2: And it's really interesting. We we get really caught up in uh, character at BYU. Like, we want the people to be good as well as a good athlete. I'm telling you, in the end, don't break the law. Don't break the honor code. Be a nice person, generally speaking. Great. But, uh, hey, win. Throw the ball. Yeah. Run the ball. Like, like win Win game. At BYU, we're very caught up in that part. In the NFL, it's a business, and yes, they want good character guys, but what they actually want is not bad character. They don't actually care that you have good character. They just don't want bad character. Don't get us in the headlines for the wrong reasons off the field. Zach Wilson's not going to do that. What he's going to do is not only be uh, a not bad person, he'll he'll be a good person. He'll do service. He'll do all that. And uh, he's going to go out on the field and throw touchdown passes. So – It's a business and who listen at the end of the day, this is a, this is going to rub some people the wrong way. I'm less concerned about how much service you do and how kind you are Uh, in, in the game of the NFL. I'm talking as I am about whether you throw touchdown passes. Okay. That is, that is the point and don't break the law. And at BYU, don't break the honor code and, and play well. I know that some people want more than that, but at the end of the day, Are you? Tyler Algier had 1,000 yards. Are you really thinking about how much service he did off the field? You know what I mean? Like, hopefully he's a nice guy, blah, blah, blah. As long as he continues to play football well and uh, is a generally nice guy, great.
1: All right, our question of the day. What do you make of Zach Wilson's character being questioned by an anonymous NFL source? Let's hear from you, BYU Sports Nation. Let's get to Voice of the Nation.
0: This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation
1: First response coming in on the Twitter from the Palangi Kalani says haters gonna hate schemers gonna scheme I choose to focus on how coaches teammates fans and media have universally debunked the allegations and supported Zach with personal testimony with their names attached and that's what I that was my whole argument and it's
2: allegation singular that, that, like you said it's just, it's just one it's one the one person saying the one thing good or bad beware the one person there needs to be listen multiple witnesses right uh and even then they could lie but uh yeah it's it's all good uh seth on twitter anything from anonymous sources should be treated with resistance or, or reticence sorry if someone isn't willing to put their name behind what they say then how true could it really be and uh, you know it's one NFC team that obviously doesn't have any interest in Zach per se. So it's definitely not not the Niners. It's probably not the Saints. It's well, unless unless the Niners eight.
1: want him to slip to their pick.
2: Right. Maybe that's what <laughs> yes, they're maybe,
1: doing. Maybe they're they're trying to stack the deck in their favor by ensuring he's there when he picks when
2: they pick. <laughs> they're like, oh yeah, character issues. This guy's is terrible.
1: <laughs> yeah. But, These... And like
2: I'm t- I'm telling you, like if you looked at just character. You wouldn't sign up certain guys to play. But guess what? The game is about the game at the end of the day. I'm not saying Zach is those things. I broke down what I thought about it. But at the end of the day, as long as you're throwing touchdown passes and not breaking the law or the honor code, to me, you're good. Let's go. Okay, coming up, Gil Brandt tweets then deletes uh, about Zach Wilson in the draft. What he said that tells us a lot. But next, we'll get Blaine Fowler's take
1: on Zach Wilson. He'll join us coming up. This is BYU Sports Nation.
0: BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere.
2: Oh, Brandon Abner with the move, scoring thirty. What a what a week for him. Join us tonight, BYU basketball with Mark Pope as the coach and Gregor Bell recap non-conference play, preview WCC games. They'll chat with. Yeah, aforementioned Brandon Averitt, and tonight's Deep Blue features Jesse Wade and his road to recovery and relationship with Y Mountain, 8.30 Eastern on the BYU TV
1: Yeah, the story about Jesse Wade and running up Y Mountain just makes me feel lazy. Uh, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> it really does. It's a hard hike, man. <laughs> I know. We are live in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. My name is Jason Shepard. He is Jerem Jordan, and joining us now on the Desert First Credit Union hotline via Zoom, our guy, he is Blaine Fowler. Hi, Blaine. Happy Tuesday to you, my friend. Good to see you, man. Did you go to the gym this morning? Because you must have gone really early. Uh, The plan was to get up at 5 and go because I was on Sports Nation. When the alarm went off at 5, I'm like, yep, that's not happening. I'll do it tomorrow.
3: You know what? Jesse Wade would have gone to the gym. That's all I have to say. He would have run <laughs> to true. the gym.
1: Yes, it's very true. Yes. Well, thanks for making me feel really bad to start this interview. I appreciate it. Uh, so <laughs> let's start out. <laughs> <with> the, <laughs> let's start out with the conversation that Jerem and I had based off of the anonymous NFL scout regarding Zach Wilson's character. What do you make of the battle of Zach Wilson's character?
3: First of all, I know Zach Wilson and I've watched what he's done and all he's done is be humble and work hard. And so there's nothing to that. I can tell you from being close to the program and, and, uh, and talking to Kalani and talking to Aaron about the way he's handled himself, especially about the way he handled this idea and his family handled this idea that the job was going to be open and he would have to compete for it in the summer. Like everything that was said in that, anonymous quote is nonsense uh and i can tell you that um, from being close to it i have a problem with anonymous sources anyhow if you're not big enough and willing to um own your comment then your comment has zero value it's a bunch of crap is what it is
2: yeah an anonymous source tells me that that comment was garbage so yeah that's right. that's how that works so, so i can i can tell you that
3: that um Kalani had a little bit of a conversation with Zach and his folks, and and and, and Zach's dad just trying to understand what was going on. Said, so, "Hey, the job's open this fall," and Kalani said, "Absolutely, this will be the best thing for Zach and for this team because if Zach's going to be the leader, we need to have him go earn that leadership um, role with the rest of this." With the rest of this team and so he needs to go earn that job this team needs to see that he's earning the job it needs to be obvious to them and and this will be great for zach um and and in the end it'll be better for everybody and zach's folks went this is awesome we support this a hundred percent this is great so they were all about supporting the job being up for grabs in the summer and zach competing for it zach embraced that worked unbelievably hard and you know we've heard all the stories of what he what he did on his own in the off season, but what he did with the team uh during the summer was impressive, and he earned he earned that leadership mantle by competing for that job, never complaining, putting the rest of the team first and this nonsense about his parents his parents supported that hundred percent too, so everything that that we heard in that anonymous quote is absolute garbage
1: blaine where does Zach Wilson season? because it was remarkable and we know it was a top 10 Heisman finalist put up unbelievable numbers. Where do you think his season compares to other great seasons by BYU quarterbacks?
3: It's so hard to rank him I, I mean, I, I look and I try to think about single season performances. Um, and, and I think his is most similar to Steve Sarkeesian's senior season. And and there's a lot of comparisons because during Steve's junior year, I remember us going, man, is is he going to get this? And at the end of the year, I thought, wait a minute here. A light bulb went on. I think he's going to be really good next year. And then then they go out, and they're just phenomenal. Um, that senior season, they end up 14-1. and one, They end up ranked in the top 10. They end up number five. The thing that I, get, I give Steve the nod a little bit is, is because they beat three ranked teams that year. They beat Texas A&M, who was number 13. They beat Kansas State in the bowl, who was number 14. And they beat Wyoming in that WAC championship game, who was number 20. But if you look at numbers, Sarkeesian was just under 69% um, completion percentage. He threw for just over 4,000 yards. Remember, he had a few more games than Zach to get to that. 33 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. Um, But here's the other big thing. He, He beat Utah, and he beat them handily. And I realized that Zach didn't have that opportunity, right? But, but the fact that Sark had ranked teams that he beat during that season, that they ended up in the top five in the country, and, and that they, they manhandled Utah that year, um, that, that holds a lot of weight with me. Um, but, but me even saying that Zach's junior season reminds me of that season says a lot, right? Um, that completion percentage of, of almost 74% for Zach – um, and, and the touchdown to interception ratio, that 33 to three, that's ridiculous. His numbers were crazy good. And so I'm, I, I put him right up there with any of the great seasons. I think, you know, Ty Detmer in 1990 with his Heisman Trophy uh, campaign where, you know, they, they brought down Miami. Jim McMahon's junior season uh, w- was one of the most ridiculous seasons I've ever seen. I'm talking about that 1980 team that went 12-1 and one and finished number 12 in the country his number he threw for 4,500 almost 4,600 yards that year and had 47 touchdown passes. Is that good? And so yeah, that's a, that's nuts is what that <laughs> is. Right. And, and so, so there's been some incredible single seasons. It's just so hard. You know, we I, I'd have to do like a lot of research and compare big win. I mean, the other, Jim McMahon also beat Utah handily. Right. So in fact, Jim beat him 56, six that year, that, that carries a lot of weight to me. Right. Um, And and so I feel like if Zach had a chance to play the original schedule they had, they would have beaten Utah this year. I really believe that. In fact, I think their schedule would have been with the old schedule. I think their record would have been very similar. I I think they win, they they win, maybe they have one more loss, um, which and it would have been just as impressive. Right. Um, so I'm going to put them right up there and, and, you know, I can pick out, you know, Robbie Bosco's junior year, when they go and win a national championship, um, you know, Max Hall, uh, his junior year, I think, was maybe statistically the best year. Um, his mentor, uh, you know, John Beck, his senior season was remarkable. I mean, all of these are great seasons, but nobody had the touchdown to interception type ratio that Zach had. Nobody had a passing efficiency that like like Zach had. And so I'm going to put them right up there and say those seasons are all comparable. And the one I feel like it was the most like. Was Steve Sarkeesian's junior or senior season.
2: Yeah. It it all depends on what criteria you want to use, right? If you're talking efficiency, Zach Wilson is the most efficient quarterback in BYU history and the tight end, uh, the touchdown interception ratio. If you add the 10 rushing touchdowns too, he didn't lose a fumble. So he had 43 touchdowns and three giveaways, just stupid stuff, but it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. And I want to go back to the character thing. So, Blaine, you were in the room with Jim McMahon. Like, you were one of the quarterbacks with him. He was a punk, and he was brash, and he you know what? <laughs> but he prepared well, right? And to me, that's not a character flaw per se. That is a competitive guy trying to win, and he knows he's good because he prepares well and combines that with skill. I have no problem with that part of the perception of Zach Wilson because I feel like he prepares well enough combined with skill to own that Max Hall reminds me of that. Like Max Hall was hated by the Ute fans mainly because he won and he was a winner. I'm okay with that attitude. Even if that's true, how do you feel about it? So to me,
3: character and confidence are two completely different things. Right. And and so Jim McMahon was one of the best teammates I ever had. And if you talk to anybody at Chicago or Philadelphia or green Bay, they tell you the same thing in the locker room, with his teammates, he was unbelievable. Opponents thought he was arrogant. You know what? I like a little arrogance in my quarterback. People forget when Max Hall was a sophomore, they were in a game. I can't remember what game it was, but Bronco told this story. It was one where the offense scored, then the defense gave up a touchdown. And this went back and forth like four times. And Max walked by Bronco and said, hey, coach, you think the defense might get a stop anytime time tonight? This is when he was a <laughs> sophomore. And Bronco's first, Bronco's first reaction was, he started to step toward him, and his first thought was, you little. And then he went, oh, no, no. You know what? I really like that in Max Hall. That I want my quarterback to be that confident. And Max was an unbelievable winner, right, because he had that confidence. And and I think Zach has confidence. Great. That's exa- You don't think Patrick Mahomes has confidence? Patrick Mahomes thinks he's unstoppable. Zach Wilson thinks he's unstoppable. That has nothing to do with character. That, that has to do with, I know I'm skilled, I know I've prepared, and I have the attitude that nobody can stop me. If that's a character problem, then I want that character problem on my team. And if you want, you know, as long as that guy is beloved by his teammates and Zach's guys would line up behind him, he's a great teammate, just like Jim McMahon. I have no issues with Zach Wilson.
1: Blaine, great stuff, man. Appreciate the time. Um, as we mentioned at the beginning of the interview, I'll be at the gym at 5 a.m. So I hope to see you then uh, tomorrow.
3: I'll see you at 5 a.m. tomorrow. And bring Jesse Wade with you because, you know, Jesse, Jesse thinks <laughs> I'll be he can with done hang with this with you workout
1: by 5 a.m., okay? He, it,
3: it's, Jesse, Jesse might be able to run Wine Mountain, but he's not going to pump out buys and tries with you and me. Let's just, you know, he knows that
1: too. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> All right, Blaine, thanks. Appreciate it. That's Blaine Fowler see on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. At Desert Deseret First, you know why we show how. Jeremy, you going to be back I in time that. where you can meet us at the gym at 5 in the morning?
2: Hey, I would, but I don't want to. Coming up, (laughs) she has six and a half million likes on TikTok, and she's a straight walking bucket. Shaylee Gonzalez will join us. And the Twitter bots are back. This is BYU Sports Nation.
0: What? This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management.
2: interviews and archive content subscribe to the BYU TV Sports YouTube channel today. He is Jerem. I'm
1: Jason. This is BYU Sports Nation and I believe that we should whip it. Google <laughs> Whip Around presented by Visible Supply Chain Management tackling America's most challenging shipping problems. Jerem
2: you lead us off. Gil Brandt, uh, longtime NFL uh, you know staffer and, and draft guru, tweeted then deleted the following: "Had an interesting conversation today with Mike Wilson. This is yesterday. Father BYU quarterback Zach Wilson. They're just starting their agent hiring process. What? And are down to five. Those interviews begin Wednesday. You want to know where? Thought his son will be drafted could end up top five. Jason, this confirms Zach Wilson's gone, right?"
1: Uh, I don't know if I needed the OG draft guru, Gil Brandt, to tweet and then delete this out for me to realize that Zach Wilson is going to the NFL. <laughs> if you're a possible top two pick, if you're a first-round pick, you go to the NFL. You strike while the iron is hot. I didn't need, didn't need this for confirmation.
2: Yeah, Zach, get out of here. Go earn them bucks. All right, Mason
1: Wake is one of five finalists for the Loman Award. What is the biggest hurdle he'll have to jump to win the award,
2: Jerem? I see what you did there as he jumps over the uh, Louisiana Tech uh, uh, defender. Um, it'll be that there are two other Masons among the top five finalists. So it's even the best Mason in our eyes, absolutely, but uh, go Mason Wake.
1: Yeah, I mean, the, the biggest hurdle will be the other four
2: finalists. But as we've seen, he can hurdle them all. Good luck to Mason Wake. John Rothstein of CBS Sports says, don't be surprised if Alex Barcello is an All-American this year. Will Alex Barcello make an All-American team? He absolutely should. Based off of the way he's playing and the
1: shooting percentage that he's putting up right now consistently is is just crazy good. He absolutely should be an All-American.
2: He's pacing for like a third team from somebody because 17 points a game isn't mind-blowing, but what is is a 61% shooting from the field, 63% from three of you kidding me. On the 180 scale of combined field goal percentage, three-point shooting, and free throw percentage, he's a 195, which is just stupid awesome. So we'll see. And if he does make an All-American team, AP specifically, this will be notable because it's been a minute since had football and basketball, which brings us to our stat of the day.
0: It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day.
2: Last time BYU had an AP All-American both football and basketball, 1988, with your boy Michael Smith and then the punter Pat Thompson. We don't talk about Pat Thompson a lot, but Pat Thompson was a second-team All-American in 1988. So that would be pretty cool because obviously Brady Christensen and Jake Oldroyd, first and third-teamers in the AP, if Alex Marcelo can get kind of a, a second or third-team thing. I don't think he's a first-teamer but I think he could do it
1: second or third. Yeah, I'm going to will it to happen. It it should happen. It absolutely should happen. All right, BYU Hoops ranks fourth in the midmajormadness.com, the other top 25 poll, uh, behind Gonzaga, St. Louis, Western Kentucky, and then a spot ahead of the San Diego State Aztecs. Jeremy, are the Cougars the fourth best midmajor team in these United States?
2: Okay, first off, there's nothing mid about Gonzaga as a team. Maybe, you know, like the WCC is a mid-major league, but Gonzaga's the number one team. Uh, it's, in basketball, it's different than in football. Power 5 plus the Big East and Americans, so it's more like Power 7. San Diego State's the next best team, which, oh, by the way, BYU has given the Aztecs the only loss. hand Palm says St. Louis, uh, Loyola, VCU, Richmond, Dayton, then BYU. I don't know. BYU's probably, like, in the top five. Whatever. I don't really care about the mid-major poll. I just care about whether BYU is in bracketology or not.
1: Yeah, that's kind of the way I feel like nobody really knows at this point. There's still way too much basketball to be played. But, sure, I'll go with it. Why not?
2: Okay, and last but not least, Jake Oldroyd currently trailing both Alabama kicker Will uh, Reichard and Miami kicker Jose Borregales in the Lou Groza Award fan vote. How many bots are you willing to purchase to put Oldroyd over the top in the poll?
1: I am willing to purchase as many as
2: it takes with your credit card? Yes, which will be my travel card, which <laughs> right. will be Spencer's travel card. Yes, Spencer, uh, well, I'm willing well, to buy from as many. December.
1: Yes, I am willing to buy as many as Spencer's credit card limit will allow me.
2: Listen, uh, they're about to pay for a baby here soon. <laughs> yeah. We're still on baby watches, Spencer. We'll let you know when that happens. Although December, I've gone to Connecticut, Florida, and Arizona. I didn't leave the state for nine months, and here I am going everywhere. Anyway, okay, we now go to live to BYU All-American Twitter Johnny Linehan. Johnny, your thoughts?
0: Just sitting here trying to create Twitter bots to get my boy Jake the Lou Grozer Award. Listen, Cougar Nation, we got over 50,000 votes for Cosmo. We shouldn't have to create bots or buy bots. But if we did, I'd buy 50,000 to get Jake the award. Utah has a grozer. We have a Heisman. We have a national championship. We don't have a grozer. It's the only thing that matters right now. Let's get Jake his (laughs) grozer.
1: My favorite part is the kick at the end. yes (laughs)
2: yes <laughs> I don't which know if that cleared good, the, the pony
1: wall but it would have been hilarious if somebody was at the bottom and got hit and all of a sudden you hear ow
2: <laughs> yeah one of his two kids are like what the heck was that Dad? yeah that many 50,000 so yeah Let, let's let's see if it, it counts for like one vote I think right sure for uh, the Luke Rosa officially so not not much. But Look, something. if there's
1: anything that BYU fans can get behind, it's it's pushing a BYU player through on, on an award or a poll question. Okay? Yes,
2: this is why Missouri kicked the Mormons out, <laughs> because they were going to dominate the political polls. <laughs> okay, coming up, Top 5 Tuesday features the top 10 plays of the 2020 BYU football season. And Shaylee Gonzalez joins us next to discuss being really good at basketball. This is BYU Sports
0: Nation. <laughs> and she's really good at basketball. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. The women's hoops team looks to move to 6-1 and
2: one on the season as the Cougars tell Santa Clara tomorrow for Eastern right here on BYU TV. And, of course, the ladies with the big win over San Francisco yesterday, Start conference play. They're looking great. Yeah, they are.
1: Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation live from Studio B. Well, at least that's me live from Studio B. Joining us from uh, Goodyear, Arizona. You just heard his voice. He is Jaron Jordan. And now joining us on the Desert First Credit Union hotline via Zoom, she is Shaylee Gonzalez. Shaylee, thanks for taking a few minutes. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. So Jeremy mentioned the, uh, the big win yesterday over San Francisco was your first conference game. You guys are 5-1. and one. How does the team feel about the 5-1 and one start?
4: I mean, we feel great. We have prepared so well for each and every game, and um, we come in with lots of energy and are just excited to play. You know, this whole year has been on the edge, and we don't know um, if we're going to even play because of COVID because we've had some games canceled, and we're just so happy to um, be able to play our first conference game.
2: Shaylee, I feel like you should be in the Valley of the Sun here and I should be back there. It's reversed right now, but it's all good. Uh, It's all good. What's your favorite thing about being from Phoenix?
4: Um, Probably just the heat. I mean, coming here, uh, the weather is definitely not like Arizona. Um, I definitely (laughs) love the warmth weather, warm weather, weather. So, yeah, I definitely
1: miss that. Shaylee, how many times have you told people, yeah, but it's a dry heat?
4: Um, yeah, a lot of people think it's humid, but it's definitely dry and people think I'm crazy, um, to think that I love the hot weather that much. What's
1: the hottest temperature in Phoenix that you can remember?
4: Probably like 121. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Yeah, That's it gets hot, but like, I love to swim and I love to tan and lay out, so... <laughs> Yeah, listen,
2: my mom's not rich, but she has a pool. So, you know, we come to grandma's (laughs) house. There's a pool. It's awesome. Okay, let's talk about the start of this team, as as Jason mentioned. Five and one, specifically you, 20 points per game, 54% shooting uh, from the field, 44 from three, 91% from the free throw line. So I've tweeted this out. We've talked about it a little bit elite shooters 180 combined right now you're at 188 which is just sizzling what's been the key to shooting such a high percentage early
4: um well last year I sat out because I tore my ACL so I wasn't able to play so I really really worked on my shot a lot um during practice while the girls were practicing I'd always be shooting because I knew that my coaches they wanted me to shoot more um Because coming in as a freshman, I didn't shoot as much. My game was a lot of driving to the basket. And so I really wanted to focus on that aspect of my game.
1: Well, and you just touched, Shaylee, on the shooting aspect of it. Where else do you feel like your game overall has developed since your first season?
4: Mm -hmm. Um, I think just bringing more energy, being more aggressive on defense, um, definitely getting more assists to my teammates, um, but also scoring a little bit more than I did my freshman year and stepping up she in the, that area.
2: When you hurt your knee, that was just devastating. Um, for of course, you and everybody around the program, we were like, Oh no, that like you you were riding such a high, scoring what 32 against Stanford in the second round of the NCAA tournament, and then it was yeah. you know shortly after that. What did you learn in in the last year that has helped you be a better player and person?
4: Yeah. Um, Just the injury in general, it gave me like an opportunity to like find and prove to myself that like I couldn't, I wouldn't be defined by my circumstances, um, which is my ACL injury and being out for nine months, the whole season. Um, So my faith and perseverance was definitely um, tested. And I think I just grew more as a person and individual. And I was able to really watch my team and um, to learn from the sideline.
1: Shaylee, you mentioned uh, a few minutes ago, you mentioned COVID and, and how you guys have had to deal with that a little bit in terms of games. I mean, sports has been affected by it. It will continue to be affected by it, you know, for the foreseeable future and, and until things kind of calm down. And uh, But you guys have had games that have either been postponed or canceled. So you guys have had to deal with that part of this. Mm -hmm. How have you guys handled that where you're preparing for a game and literally get within hours and then you're not going to play it? And then you think maybe you're going to play it again and then it doesn't happen. How Mm -hmm. difficult has that been? How do you guys even prepare for something like that?
4: Yeah, it's very difficult. I mean, we had to do it against Boise State and UVU. We still come – Prepared. We still go throughout our day thinking, having that mindset that we're gonna have a game, because um, if we don't, we're not gonna be ready and prepared for that game. So we still have shoot around. We still eat breakfast as a team, um, and just staying together and being in that mindset always, um, I think, will help us.
2: Okay, you get to do one professionally. In reality, you could do both. Uh, you play basketball for a profession or you're a professional TikToker because you have 192,000 followers, <laughs> six and a half million likes right now. UA Sports Nation as a program, let alone the individuals on it, will never actually get to this either. Uh, so you're a big deal. You get to pick one to do professionally. What do, do you pick?
4: I would definitely choose basketball.
0: <laughs> and you can the do sport, both, right? the game, I
4: love it. Absolutely. Like I've been playing basketball since I was eight years old. So I've been doing that the most. And I definitely think I'm, um, better than that, it makes me happier. So, and being able to play with um, my teammates and other people. So,
1: who is the most famous person that has reached out to you because of your social media posts?
4: Oh my goodness. Um, the most famous person. I mean, there's been a couple NBA players that have reached out to me um other tiktokers um ooh, i've never been asked that question but yeah those are a couple you could
2: have said Jeremy; it would have been good i'm i'm nothing <laughs> i'm nothing what one time i was uh at sundance taking just the lift up you know and, and the two red-headed kids from mapleton or whatever that are famous do you know them shit they They're on the other lift, and I'm like, hey, there's the kids from TikTok. like, I'm freaking out. You know what I mean? Yeah, so that was (laughs) was really funny. That's funny. Okay, let's talk about a massive addition to the team this year. Lauren Gustin, Porter Gustin's uh, younger sister. She has been incredible. She's like this double-double machine. She's like the new Kalani Purcell Mm -hmm. from a couple years ago. What has she added to this group?
4: I mean, she's just a beast. She brings so much energy and fight to our team um I mean to average a double double is amazing um I actually played with her one year in high school because she moved to Arizona so our junior year and then we won state together and then she moved back to Utah um so we've had a little bit chemistry um from high school and it's just so much fun playing with her again um I love playing with her she's an awesome player and awesome person
1: Shaylee, it's always great to talk with you. Congratulations on beginning West Coast Conference play with the win over San Francisco. Good luck against Santa Clara tomorrow. It's a game that uh, people will be able to check out on uh, BYU TV and the BYU TV app at 4 Eastern. Let's give you some BYU Sports Nation karma as, as we uh, inch closer to that game. Shaylee, great stuff as always. Thanks for, uh, for spending a few minutes with us.
4: Thanks for having me. See you guys.
1: All right, that's uh, Shaylee Gonzalez. Joining us via Zoom on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why, we show
2: how. She's so good at basketball, and then her TikTok game is so strong. It's pretty incredible. And the addition of Lauren Gustin, this team, I wonder if they challenged Gonzaga for the league title, but more importantly in Vegas. Uh, by the way, no one's talking about this? This team's in on uh, Charlie Cream's Bracketology. So this is an NCAA tournament team right now. Hey, you want to know what's
1: just in? I have some breaking baby news, by the way. Oh, snap! Oh, yeah! So, hey, well, that's a tease. Let's do it on the other side. How about that?
2: And I I have no idea. I can't (laughs) wait. I'm like the viewer. I'm like, what happened?! (laughs) Okay, coming up, apparently baby news with the Lintons and the rising shout-out to a swag bag, maybe. Yeah, and the top ten plays of the BYU football
1: season. This is BYU Sports Nation. I need to know the deets! What's oh, going yes.
0: on? This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Delta Airlines. Keep climbing. BYU Sports Nation's rising shout-out is presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding you forward. BYU Sports Nation, always
2: available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Or download the podcast, just Google BYU Sports Nation Podcast, subscribe, review, and rate. That's right. Now is a top 10 edition of the Top 5 Tuesday
1: featuring the top 10 plays of the season presented by Delta Airlines. Keep climbing.
2: Number 10, Mason Wake hurdles and runs over multiple Louisiana Tech defenders for an 18-yard reception to start the second half. This was incredible. Just jumping over people, just running through people. I mean, this was awesome. This was such a fun play for Mason Wake. That was a really good uh, Chris Berman impersonation. I like that.
1: All right, number nine, exactly. Number nine, Isaiah Kafusi picks six versus Texas State. Isaiah Kafusi picks off Texas State quarterback Brady McBride and gets a 32-yard house call. This was his lone interception and lone touchdown of the season, and no one was stopping him from getting into the end zone. Uh, Isaiah was making his argument, by the way, for a shot at running back uh, in his return.
2: Number eight, Zach Wilson shoveled past to Mason Lake for an eight-yard touchdown against Houston called Chiefs. The Chiefs oh, actually yeah. tweeted about this. Jason got excited. Worlds are colliding. Yeah, the Mason Lake, what a great play. Um, Mason Lake told me that Zach Wilson was supposed to point at uh, him when he uh, was going to catch it, but he did not in the moment, but that's okay.
1: All right, number seven, Dax Milne opening touchdown at Houston. Dax wasted no time on the road getting the show started with his 78-yard touchdown. Dax pulled this uh, jump ball away, and the rest was history as he was off to the races. Nobody was going to touch him. What better way to start a career night
2: than with a career-long TD? Look at that. Number six, a reverse 36-yard pass touchdown against UCF in the Boca Raton Bowl. Good Toa to Powell, to Wilson, to Rex for the touchdown into the end zone where I was sitting as well. That was an awesome play. All right, number five. How about you mentioned Isaac Rex.
1: Isaac Rex diving touchdown versus San Diego State. The touchdown machine Isaac Rex lays out for this 20-yard touchdown in the snow. Uh, this got Rex into double digit touchdown receptions on the season, and he was just a freshman. If Isaac's going to keep making catches like this for the next few years, he's going to be an unstoppable force for the opposing defenses. Wait a minute. He already is.
2: Number four, Troy Warner interception versus Louisiana Tech. Randy Moss, Warner's first INT as a Cougar, by the way. Three seasons. In got many, and then back. He got Moss. Love it. Troy had one the next game as well. He led the team in with two this year.
1: Number three, the Tyler Algier touchdown at Boise State. Tyler Algier loved his visit to the Blue Turf this year, taking his first touch 86 yards for the touchdown to get this special night started, and it was certainly a special night. Give the offensive line and the ref some credit, by the way, for the top plays. They cleared the way for Algier to go almost untouched. Even better than that was making it into the Lego video. He was top three and a Lego video. Life is good for Tyler Algier. Number
2: two, Lupita Katoa's diving catch against UCF in the Boca Raton Bowl for 30 yards. Some people think this is number one. Uh, What a throw and what a layout and catch the Superman from Lupita Katoa. Well done.
1: Yeah, I am in the uh, camp where that would be number one. Nothing against, though, our number one play. Neil Pau, toe tap touchdown versus UTSA. Look, we still don't know how Neal pulled this off, getting his toe inbounds and making this catch. On fourth down, Zach Wilson made something out of nothing by lobbing it up to Powell, who barely kept his foot in bounds for the delayed touchdown call. Wilson put it in the only spot possible for Neal to make the play, and Powell came through earning the top play for this unforgettable 2020 BYU football season. All right, our question of the day. What do you make of Zach Wilson's character being questioned by an anonymous NFL source? Let's get to our elite voice of the day, presented by Sundance Mountain Resort. From uh, Instagram, Graydon Larson on Instagram says, "I don't know how you can question a guy who drove hundreds of miles back and forth to train and improve his game." And I believe Jerem. Uh, more to the story, it was ten hours each way, but it was in the snow, uphill both ways. That's how it's. That's
2: where that story's at now. Wouldn't an entitled brat fly anyway? <laughs> Today's Rise and Shout Out presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. It goes to the Linton family because we've just been informed yes. that the baby is here. Now, they were waiting to find out the gender. It is a girl. Yes. We don't know yeah. the name. I do know so, but the name we now. Do have the, what is it?
1: The, the name is Navy Christine Linton.
2: Oh, that's great. We have Navy and Sailor as yeah. girls' names. Very so cool. Very Spencer was very influenced by his trip to Annapolis. Okay, <laughs> seven pounds, 12 ounces, 19 and a half inches, uh, still trying to, to get the uh, hand measurements for a quarterback. Born, born at, at 1008, 1008, 10.08, mountain
1: time, so born right in the middle of what's trending.
2: Right, which is, she's probably sponsored. Uh, baby <laughs> is super healthy and calm, we're told. Brittany was a rock star, of course, induced at 7 a.m., baby born three hours later, so... Congratulations to the Lintons. Uh, We've waited a minute for this, and I know they have too, so congrats to them. Our thanks
1: to today's guests, Blaine Fowler and Shaylee Gonzalez. For Jerem on Jason, shout out to Bernie Fryer. Talk to you tomorrow again at noon Eastern. Congrats to the Lintons. Go Cougs.